Welcome to the Day at Indy on the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, brought to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com, and ChrisMedlin.com. Is that the name of your website? Is no. it? No. I'm really I'm a really sexy F1 reporter who's also on Amazon, or is it Netflix, Netflix or is it Hulu? Come on. Is you've got to plug me properly here. Okay. Well, I, last time a man said that to me, it cost me about $20. <laughs> Chris Medlin. You're on that kind of podcast. Oh, I'm from the Bay Area. People have their questions about me. We have our pal leading us off here. A day at Indy for Friday. It's called Fast Friday. It's kind of freaky, funky Friday almost here, the 17th. This was not what I was expecting. We have our pal Chris Medland, my racer.com colleague. Normally, you are covering the Formula mm-hmm. We Folks might have seen or heard your lovely voice and face on the fairly awesome Formula One little 2018 season documentary done. Uh, good of them to invite you into that. This is your now third time covering the 500? Yep, third year in a row. Portions of the 500, yeah, I should say. The quick bit. We jokingly say you are here as Fernando Alonso's personal reporter, but keep in mind, obviously, this is something of interest to your European colleagues, and even though Fred is no longer a full-time F1 driver, even a part-time, really, uh, they're still interested to see how he's doing. Certainly are, and well, not just him. I mean, there's people like Marcus Ericsson that's come over who was in F1 until last year, still the reserve at Alfa Romeo, so there's a little bit of interest in some of the guys that have got links to... The European scene still, Jordan King racing in Formula 2, sure. he's, he's back here. Um, obviously, Max, there's so many ex-F1 drivers that, or you know, ex-F1 linked drivers that are here. Um, but I just come back because it's fun. What else would I be doing this weekend? Be watching it, so eh. might as well get out of here. So the reason I wanted to have you on here to open the show today, we're going to be followed here when we, you and I are done. Anders Krohn joined me this morning to talk about some other things of interest to observe. You doing what you do on a daily basis, covering Formula One. Again, you're one of you know a cluster of hardcore, constant, day-in, day-out F1 reporters. You come here to cover the Indy 500. It's a very different dynamic. So you're going to be heading off Monday to cover the Monaco Grand Prix. And when you get there, you know that someone will start first, someone will start last. There's no question as to whether all the people who showed up will start unless they injure themselves. What's it like coming here, getting stuck in today? Fast Friday, Turbo Boost is up. We're seeing folks putting up some very impressive speeds. But walking up and down pit lane, Chris, you're staring at drivers with big eyes like saucers and telling you, holy cow, share some of those conversations you had with drivers about how this is a very different creature you stepped into. Yeah, it's, I, I love it. I mean, I know there's been a debate recently. We won't go too much in depth with it, but whether there should be guaranteed spots, and I definitely don't think there should be because... You just can see in Formula One, you get to Saturday and it's exciting to watch um, the drivers pushing the cars to the limit, but it's just a small part of the race weekend and 24 hours later, it's completely forgotten about. And here, it's it's almost like it sneaks up on people. It's you know, Everyone gets excited to come to IMS and month of May and then suddenly you're a few days into it and you're getting closer to qualifying and everyone had been focusing on the race or talking about the race and, and talking about the event as a whole and suddenly they're going... Oh, we need to make sure our cars are quick enough here. We need to make sure we're in this race. If, if you know, otherwise this has all been for nothing. So, I just think that jeopardy is brilliant. And um, yeah, there was there was a lot of guys that you could see were nervy. You could see the fear. Um, obviously, I had a lot of folks on McLaren, and that was starting to dawn. I think 
on more and more people within that team the longer today went on actually just how uh, difficult the situation is going to be and, and that they're not guaranteed a spot um, but even then I, I spoke to Graham Rahal afterwards Ryan Hunter Ray uh, Ryan especially was sort of rolling out fast uh, top nine uh, he, he didn't think they were going to be in the fast nine but then he's going you know you just there's no guarantees that the car's going to do what you want it to do when you make changes either because we saw today with the, with the heat and didn't see too much wind but I think you were saying that forecast is for more wind tomorrow yep humidity was up and down we had cloud cover we had sun it was all over the place so with this two and a half mile oval being largely an aerodynamic exercise you have just a case where as the track temperature goes up or down the humidity increases decreases all of these little variables from hour to hour just absolutely change your ability to find speed and or to lose speed max chilton had a a great comment to our robin miller something along the lines of how did my car go from brilliant genuinely in an hour and 15 span to complete shit Mm. just how well if we heard some of graham rahal's radio and he was already sixth quickest on the no toe list at that point he was having a strong day and went out to try and find some more in the afternoon and then started bitching about the car because he was saying you know why isn't this doing what we thought it would do? Or why is it not getting better? So, I mean, they sorted it out, I think, with their final run, but that meant going backwards. And the whole point is you want to be progressing and you know, improving each time if you're going to be challenging at the sharp end. So I, I just love that. I didn't see many people that were delighted. I mean, Connor was in here in the press room doing his press conference afterwards because he'd been quickest and he seemed really happy. Obviously, he was very happy with his draw because he got first, th- I think, out um, in the qualifying draw. But... Then when you look at the no-toe speeds, he's, he's down. 22nd. Yeah, he's a so, long way down. again, he's put up the biggest number of the month, 231.704 mile per hour. It's a ama- but it it's a nothing. toe. Yeah. It's cool, but it means nothing. Yeah, if he was P1 on the on overall and P1 to 5 on the no-toe, boy, that would, that would be a reason to be very happy. Again, being 22nd on the no-toe, which is the clear indicator of what your qualifying performance could be like, Chris. Are we concerned Connor's going to be in the show? No. But are we talking about Fast 9 where he really wants to play? That, based on today, or his, what he put up today, could be something where he and his team are going to have to do some solid work overnight to get into that frame. Let's move to this no-toe list because it really does drive, it should be driving the conversation today. Instead of starting with who is best, we'll get there eventually it's really, honestly, as someone who writes for a living like yourself and like I do, or uh, at least I claim to do on occasion, we're looking for the pressure points, the drama, the things where fans might get stuck into as well. Yeah. Um, we had a couple who were definitely at, well, we know somewhere at the bottom because we're staring at a page that is telling <laughs> us they are, but we know some of them might have not had the most productive or the best days that could be the reason not just they did a lot of laps and the car was still slow but if we start looking at that field of 36 33 is going to be the number that we get down to after the last chance qualifying on sunday i mean we do need to really start looking at what do you think maybe 28 on down is kind of the jeopardy list Big time, maybe even 27. I'm thinking Jordan King in there with, with his speed. He was uh, half a mile an hour off Felix. Um, just, you know, that was a jump from 27 to 26. So I think from, yeah, Jordan down is probably pretty nervy. And, yeah, I mean, the big name in, in that drop zone is Fernando Alonso, isn't it, in 30th place. I mean, McLaren have 
made a huge scene about how they're going to, I say, do well at this race, but they're here to win it for Fernando to get the triple crown and, and they've taken it seriously, doing it their own way. And the way their week's gone, they're really on the back foot. And he's in and around a bunch of guys that you maybe wouldn't expect to be down there either. I mean, Oriol, Servia, we weren't expecting him to be sort of under threat. You'd, you'd think he'd be a guarantee for making it through. So, yeah, there's some, there's some interesting... Uh, scenarios to play out down there and I mean we maybe might see one of the Junkos cars that's getting rebuilt overnight that might struggle tomorrow but that seems to be it I think I can't remember which driver said I think it was maybe Connor in his uh, press conference was mentioning that everyone is a lot closer than they're expecting and it's not clear that there's one or two cars that are a few mile an hour off Mm. and have no hope there's there's a, a group of cars where if you're in it like you say from probably 27th downwards then there's every chance that on Sunday you're coming back to try and make the show and three of them aren't going to make it. So looking at more of this no-toe list toward the bot, towards the bottom, mentioned Jordan King with the Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan team in 27th. I've been impressed by Jordan. We had, uh, I heard some commentator, no, it wasn't a commentator, it was a PR person today mentioned that he doesn't have a lot of, you know, he doesn't have a lot of oval experience. This is his first oval event, right? This is a kid from the UK, GP2, F2, etc. Road course stuff. At what he's learning, he's got. He's at that steep learning curve. I know that I would be concerned with 27th on the Noto on Fast Friday, but that's still to me. Uh, I'm less concerned about him there, where I start to sweat a little bit. Mateus laced 28th on the Noto. Oriole, as you mentioned, 29th. Unfortunately, we've got both Spaniards nestled up to each other. Fernando is 30th. Uh, if we move down and look at Max Chilton in 31st, he's been a little bit of a concern. Well, let me rephrase that. He hasn't been a concern. They just have not found the speed that would make him comfortable yeah. all week long. One of the big stories today, Sage Karam, 32nd on the no-toe list, visibly frustrated uh, hearing folks telling me he was out venting on his own behind the behind gasoline alley, just sheer frustration. This is a kid who we all know. Stick him in a Penske car, in an Andretti car, no question the kid's going to be fighting up towards the front. Dry and Reinbold team, Chris, this is maybe another thing for folks to consider. We know they're really good. Love them to death. They live for this event. It's also the one event they do per year. And so having to figure out the new front compound on the Firestones and some of the aero differences from last year to this, again, some of these smaller teams, one-off teams, some are thriving. We'll get to Pippa Mann and the Clawson Marshall Racing Team here making their debut. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. And yeah. yet, Dryan Reinbold, bit of an institution, at least with Sage's car, not so much. Jer Hildebrand went out in it to see if he could find any, anything that stood out. He couldn't. Sage sitting there in 32nd. No one, uh, none of us would have expected to see him there. Then we get to one that we would, that being Ben Hanley in 33rd. Not 35th, 36th, but 33rd, right? Uh, Then Pato Ward, 34th. Again, having to recover from a crash. The car is not, doesn't have the Speedway body fit on it. It's a road course car that's converted. That's always going to lose you. The estimate among engineers is a mile to a mile and a half per hour. So that's not a joke. That That's a real thing that would take a kid who could potentially be middle of the pack without the crash to right in towards trouble. the end. You yeah. mentioned that about Kyle Kaiser and the team having to go to a backup that might not be 
aero, speedway optimized. And Spencer Piggott, a little bit of a weird, weird thing to see, knowing that Spencer has been pretty darn fast and competitive this week. Again, a lot of that in toes and such, but the Carpenter team has been really strong with Ed Jones leading overall no toe. Ed Jones, uh, Ed Carpenter second. Weird to have Spence at the bottom. I do have a, an explanation for that, or a slight one, based on what uh, Ryan Hunter Ray was saying just after the checker flag. Is that there's just so many people trying to get out there and, and get things right that no one's finding space. And I think they were saying that they're now um, calling a, a lap that's toe aided. 10 seconds I think on the track it's, it's a bigger yeah. bigger window now so you're almost always seeing these laps that are quicker than that that aren't counting on the no-to list so that's also where there's a few guys that are down there that maybe did a lap that would put them way up in the order and we and like you say Spencer's one you'd expect because I think on uh, at the end of the day he was fourth overall yeah. uh, with the toe so I think there might be even more sort of hidden concerns in there for people because there's other cars that have done times that have just been masked by the fact that it counts as a toe so this is where i mean someone like fernando because I, I keep mentioning but he did 77 laps today you know he had some clean air he had some no toe runs there's others that maybe didn't and and that's why that it's kind of masked them so that's going to be something that means there's hardly anyone going to be sleeping comfortably tonight I, i'd be amazed if if there's more than five drivers who go to bed not thinking we could certainly struggle to make fast nine, but if not, if it all, if it doesn't come together, we could find ourselves still running on Sunday to make sure we're in the show. All right, it's time as we head into Saturday and Sunday, proper qualifying for the 103rd Indianapolis 500. Fast Friday is done. I don't know what the hell we learned. A lot of drivers were confused. Some were fast. Many were scared. This is the part where we kind of sort of vaguely give folks an idea as to who we think won't be on pole on Saturday, but we'll at least set the fast nine. And to join us, because Chris Medlin and I just speaking about this, meh, the Robin Miller. The RM. oldest, meanest, dumbest journalist in the media center. Yep. I can't Pretty really argue. I mean, that's yeah. hard to argue with it. That'd be good on yeah. a business card. Yeah. What comes to mind, our brother, in terms of speed, and, hmm, who do you think's going to have it, at least if we're talking kind of fast nine to get through to Sunday and actually properly fight for the pole? Nobody's going to have a lap at 230. It's going to be too windy and too hot. And here's the top nine. Rossi, not in this order, just Rossi, Dixon, all three Carpenter cars, Will Power. How many is that, Chris? Help me out. That's Six. It. Six, so I got three to go. Oh, you screwed yourself by doing that um, already. Graham Rahal. Graham Rahal, I love it. All right. Um, Pagano. Pagano. That makes Already sense. Already said power. Did I said power? Yeah, I said, said power. So you need one more. And so then we have... Uh, kind of need a wild card for the ninth. Charlie Kimball. Charlie oh. Kimball. That is wild. Sebastian Bourdais just forgot he exists. Not a he's chance. Just, he'll be great in the race, but I just don't okay. think... You know, he's... You know, he don't need to go out and... and Elio Castroneves, last year's news. Joseph Newgarden. Don't even bother turning up, says yeah, Robin. Miller. I'm trying to. Everybody will pick those guys. All Char- three Carpenter cars, Char- you think? Oh, yeah. Charlie Kimball, is, he's, he's always been pretty good here, and he's been pretty good no towing all week. No, Chuck, you sit in that deal booth for six or seven hours and you watch all these laps going around, you kind of get. But I give Anders Crone credit for my. I mean, 
He's, he said on Tuesday, he said, look at Rossi. And you tell you what, Tuesday, Wednesday ran 46 laps and parked it because it was so good. That was terrible yesterday, but it was good again today. You just watch where he runs in traffic or by himself. And it's and Dixon's the same way. They're yeah. just they're impressive, man. They are impressive. But it's interesting because, you know, everybody was going, oh, Chevy's going to kick. You know, you guys know more about engines than I do. Looks pretty even to me, doesn't it? I mean, I think except for the Chevys easy. being fastest in the no-to, but yeah, for the top five. But again, yeah. keep in mind yeah, that although true. there's extra boost, although the series provides extra boost for everyone today, in terms of engine tune, uh, you never know if both manufacturers give the hottest tune for teams to try today or not. It was hot. We heard definitely some drivers. Hinch was one of them about hey, need to try and cool this thing down. So again, we'll we'll see what happens there. So Chris and I already spoke a little bit, Robin, about concerns, right? Who should we be concerned about? And now we're, it's Friday and we're talking about something that will be settled on Sunday, but at least looking at things today, a couple of names you think might be at that cutoff to make the show concern when we go into tomorrow. Because we're, we're only setting the top 30. Everyone else that's not in the top 30 is going to be sweating bullets Saturday night. Well, I thought I – thought- Clawson Marshall, because it's their first year, would be one of the ones that really struggled, and they've really done a nice job. I thought Kyle Kaiser was a lock to be in the top 20 until today when he crashed. Um, I think our what was the quote? We I don't know if we can say it. There might be kids listening, no. but what was the what was the the quote I might have shared with you uh, from Ricardo Junco's his thoughts after the crash? I want to punch him in the face. <laughs> and he's the world's nicest guy. Yes. I mean, he's not a violent human being, but it was the second lap. And he missed the third turn. But anyway, uh, and he'd done such a good job last year, and he'd done such a good job up till today. It was just, you're like, what are you doing? But um, obviously, uh, our buddy Elton Julian and, and Ben Hanley, I mean, it's, it's going to be probably tight for them, and, you know, their whole goal is to make the race. Um, I don't know about our Pal Pato Award. I don't think that's a very good car. It's been rebuilt. Uh, Kaiser's got to get in a backup car, which is a road race car. You got, uh, we got, uh, who am I forgetting? Who am I leaving? Servia, maybe? He hasn't, I mean. Nah, Servia will be okay. I think uh, Sage just seemed really spooked today for a while, and then J.R. Hildebrand took his car back. I saw, I mean, he was really good a couple days ago. Um, Max might Max might be on, on, you know, Max Chilton. It could be close, but I, I mean, Trevor Carlin was so over the moon the other day about about Charlie Kimball. I mean, he was like, this is the first time, man, we've really been fast without a toe, and we're, we're right there all day. And so, um, you know, the thing I like about Max here is I mean, Max is a real fighter. We've seen him do, he's really stood up here. And I say that maybe in comparison to a few too many road and street course races where, honestly, I just kind of forget he's there. But here, that guy definitely is not afraid to put his foot down. In, he led 50 laps in 2017, most of, most of anybody. It's 17 just was the one, wasn't it? Because yeah. everyone was talking about Fernando, and he was doing the uh, PR tour yeah. over in the UK and telling people and educating people about what McLaren were going to do or you know, how they were getting involved, but what was facing Fernando. But he kept saying, but I'm in there to win it. I want to win it. And people weren't really paying attention to it. Oh, then. how cute. Um, and then one of the guys, um, Nate Saunders, who works at ESPN, who yeah. was out here for that race, was just starting to write the feature how I missed all the signs Max Chilton was going to win the Indy 500 wow. because he kept being talking to him and then running off to go and interview Fernando or go and do something else because he felt like Max wasn't important I think Max the whole way that situation rose like you said he then rose to it and was like I, you know, people aren't taking me seriously right now 
and he spent that that whole weekend being like, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna prove something. And he maybe yeah maybe yeah with his back against the wall I mean, this weekend. I, th- he'll do I, it again. I don't think he's gonna miss the show. He was just it was just I just talked to him for about ten minutes and he's like, I, I think Marshall used it earlier when you guys were talking. He's like. I mean, this thing was really, I was pretty happy with it, and it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, which is such, just kind of typical indie. But, you know, Max doesn't seem to, he seems pretty even keeled most of the time, so he'll he'll be fine. I just want to see Trevor's team do a good job. And I think Alonzo, you know, it's, I mean, I'm not saying we told you so, but we all said, and I even said to Zach Brown at Long Beach, I said, are you prepared for the month of May? And he goes, I think so. You know, I saw him today, and he goes, mm. I mean, Jill even said, you know, it took us a little longer to get the car back together. This is a different animal. And everybody's like, oh, this is great for IndyCar because it shows Formula One guys can't race. They can't put... No, no, no. They're just different cars. They're different animals. There's some really good guys on the McLaren team. And they'll fig- and Alonzo will figure it out. I gave him a fast Freddy decal that Steve Shunk made up because last week when the, when the, when the track opened... Actually, during the open test, I said, hey, do you have a problem if we don't call you Fernando during the month of May and just give you a name like Fred, Fast Freddy? Because that's more of an oval track name. And he goes, yeah, I kind of like that. So today I gave him, Shunk made some decals that said Fast Freddy. Nice. And he goes, I think we'll save this to next Sunday. (laughs) Which is actually, I mean, the guy, he's so... Cool. I mean, that's pretty cool, you know. And he, he just needs to make it though. He he goes exactly. up. He goes up another level when there's cars to race. Yes. It doesn't matter what is wrong with his car. He will just wrestle and it. He into looked any like a ten-year veteran on his first oval. I know he had a good car. I, I get all that. My buddies that raced were sitting in turn three and four after the race. They texted me. They said, "Alonzo looked like he'd been out here for ten years. He he knew exactly when to wait, when to pass, when to pounce." And uh, they were so impressed. And who wasn't? I mean, he, you know, I mean, Kurt Busch did a really nice job back when he ran, but Fernando was, Fernando could have won this race. And of course, everybody's like, that would have been terrible, Fernando. And why would that be terrible if a two time world champion won the Indy 500? This guy is one of the few, he's one of the few guys that can move the needle. Yeah. I mean, there's 100 people out in front of his garage every day. Same, same. Th- <laughs> Same down in the pit lane. I mean, they, you know, they've been yes. scrabbling hard to try and get right. mileage back and stuff, and right. they're trying to move things around. There's just so many people there wanting to watch and look. So they're doing this, like you said, like, are they ready for it? You're only going to find out when, when it happens. Right, and you know what? They'll be fine. They'll make it, but we, we can't have McLaren miss this race. They've got to make this race because I really think Zach Brown's serious about running this thing full-time next year. Let's close on one name that I'm surprised, honestly, you and I, Robin, haven't mentioned in much of anything, and yet he's usually someone that we're talking about Fast 9, maybe Race Day contender, that being Marco Andretti. Oh, yeah. I might have overlooked him. He was seventh quick on the no-toe today, too. Um, and Ryan Hunter-Ray. I kind of... I kind of... Pick Charlie Kimball instead of Ryan Hunter Ray. Ryan. Yeah, but Chuck again. P5 no, no, I'm, I'm, no I'm okay with Charlie Kimball. Charlie I'm just Murphy. saying, I picked Hunter Ray or Graham to win the Indy 500 six months ago. One or the other. Well, I guess I'll stick to that. It's just that uh, I tell you what, watching Rossi and Dixon and the Carpenter cars day in and day out. Ooh, they're going to be tough. But it's just, I think tomorrow's going to be intrigued. Tomorrow and Sunday will be intriguing just because of the weather. And all the uncertainty, and you got veterans not sure, and you got rookies hitting the wall. I mean, it's it's indie, but it's uh, that's why you like coming here, brother. We're just going to keep you here for the race someday. Well, Monaco, yeah. Monaco, Monaco. Yeah, if I don't show up in Monaco, this is my uh, plea for help that 
they they warned me. What if Robin and I volunteer to write the race report for you right now? I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb, Robin. Mercedes won too. Yeah. I mean, we can run there right now. You really need. I mean, come on. Max for stopping third and uh, 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 Max for stopping third. Could Ricardo finish fourth? No. No. Okay. Uh, Sorry, Danny. Fourth is the new 15th for Danny Ricardo, unfortunately. If you stayed here, the man that owns Cones Racer wouldn't have a problem. Our founder, if you just write it off a television and you could stay here and help Marshall and I write Indy 500 stories, I will get that cleared. You are not the first people to try and do this to me, but there's just a few. Two other, th- too many other things. Because you got to host the drivers. press conferences. Yeah, this really annoying voice has got to do all the press conferences and get the drivers to excitedly talk about racing at Monaco. Which actually, they 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 love qualifying. Now we're talking. Yeah, I'm here for qualifying day here, and it's I love this. But you got to qualify in Monaco, and when they are on the limit between those walls, that is amazing. You're right. Race normally pretty professional, yeah. but but the qualifying hour is just something. I special. could watch Senna qualifying ten times a day. There, it's just like oh, how did he make it? But admittedly there, you know that, as we said earlier, unless someone puts it in the wall heavily beforehand, all 20 are going to qualify and race. And right. here we don't know which, uh, which 33 we're going to end up with on Sunday, which is just great. I love it. Yeah. Robin, don't you know any police officers who can throw him in jail for a couple of days, miss oh, yeah. his flight? And plus, you'd already be positioned to go to Canada the next week. You wouldn't have to go back and forth. We're actually trying to help you, Medland. Okay. It's, it's a mini F1 intervention. Stay He's here with I, us we, idiots. We, we, we went we with took we him to American dinner last night. He actually enjoyed it. He has steak. He needs to put on some weight. He weighs 80 pounds. Yeah, We're you should to start to eat up. a lot of food so you can look like up. me. Do you have good steak in England? Do you have good food? Oh, yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah okay. pretty good. Eat Robin just, just likes cows. It's not just fish and chips. Oh, no. Thank God. No. Every time we went to England. When was the last time you came to England? Uh, he was born in England. Uh, 2000. Uh, He's more Rockingham. British than you. 2000 Rockingham. 2001 Rockingham. Nearly 20 years. Nearly 20 years. Yeah, we've we've discovered other foods other than fish and chips since then. You should come and try it. We found we found a place close to the track at, at Rockingham that was called a hearth, and it was a it was a family style. It was just called a hearth, and it was a, they made an old farmhouse into a into a like a buffet, and it was awesome. We ate there every night, and the and the readers and the readers and the listeners are going, who cares? Yeah, I was, well, I was just thinking when you tune in to find out what happened Friday, yeah. at IMS. <laughs> yeah, you found out that Robin Miller in two thousand one. Had some was it fish and chips that you had? That was good. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fish and chips. There okay, you so you remember when I said let's close like five or ten minutes, ago. minutes ago? Oh, okay, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Robin, you know someone else who just hasn't been mentioned here by either of us in a couple of days. Herdomania two point oh, tenth oh, on the no toe list. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, my top nine will probably be. I'll probably get four right or three right or something like that. Which would be typical. Who do you like, Medlin? I'm pretty impressed by uh, Marcus's job. Marcus Erickson. Uh, Erickson, 13th on the no-toe list today. He's talked about taking it easy, building up slowly, learning from Hinch. I think he hasn't put a foot wrong so far. And you know, for his first oval race as well, I'm, I'm pretty damn impressed. I know. We guys keep saying, you know, for a guy with not a lot of oval track fans, uh no, actually, <laughs> this is his first oval. There's so and many it's guys. It's not a lot of oval track fans, it's like zero. Yeah, they're, they're all learning on the job and doing a, doing a damn good job. We haven't seen anyone, really, have we, that looks completely out of place or anything like that. No, like, no, we, it's a competitive field. I said yesterday on the NBC, uh, our, our uh, thing, Gold. weeded out the wankers. Which weeded we, out we, the which wankers. We pretty much have. I mean, it's there's a lot of, and the, and the depth of the teams are much better. Hashtag weeded out the wankers. I'm still here. That, that's going to be a T-shirt tomorrow, I'm sure. <laughs> Hashtag weeded out the wankers. <laughs> New bumper sticker. All right. 
Should we stop talking? Yes, we Are we should. done here? Are is we? it, is it time hey, to roll? Cut all that stuff out about food. Nobody cares. Oh, no, I'm leaving fault. it in. Yeah, no, I, no, I, no. I, I want to know Miller's food in 2002 when he went somewhere else. <laughs> the Robin Miller International Culinary Tour Yes. When was the last time you were abroad and what did you eat? Last time I was abroad was 2001 at Rockingham. That's the last time you were yeah. abroad. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole now new he's podcast a man. I'm going to have to do on where we're going to take Robin Miller next. I went to Piccadilly Circus and found a, a Mexican place in the middle of Piccadilly Circus. Guy, some guy went, you're eating Mexican food in London? What is wrong with you, son? We know what's wrong with yeah. you. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I think it's a lot time. of hard hits in the old midget days, buddy. Uh, well, we're just glad you no longer just lean to the left all the time. All right, let's roll into our man, Anders Krohn, who's going to take us home. And I'm probably not going to do an outro, so when you're done listening to Anders, just know that all of us here, probably not Miller, he's old and mean, but we do appreciate Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and torontomotorsports.com. All right, dear listener, I realize that I just told you we are going to move right into Anders Krohn following Chris Medland and Robin Miller, but I lied. It wasn't intentional, but... Our friend Ricardo Junkos has come to join us. Keep in mind that in the midst of facilitating, an over, this is going to be an overnight thrash to get Kyle Kaiser's spare car up and ready and running. Wanted to come and just share some thoughts, which I thought was really amazing of you, Ricardo, knowing that you have a strong enough team where you can step away for a few minutes just to bring folks inside this journey you never wanted to be on, didn't think you were going to be on, Tell us what it's like being super fast, looking like making the show is going to be easy. You might even piss off some other teams come qualifying. Now, setback, big crash, spare car. Just tell us what it's like. It's hard, right? Uh, but it's part of this. And I was actually lo- thinking yesterday night that this is been kind of easy, to be honest, without offending anybody. But uh, we show very good speed from the beginning. Kai was doing an amazing job. I mean, the whole group of engineer mechanics. So I, I always say that from last year, we're going to build from that momentum, which was good. And, and here we are, you know, we show with just working pretty much, no, no much money to develop anything. So we only have probably to set those dampers, anything else. And, and show that speed was obviously good, but at the same time, now we are hit big time with something that is, is happened. Happened to others, happened with us before, and will happen again for sure. This is about racing this is about Indy 500 so we just need to move on try to see if we did anything wrong to learn from it which at the moment uh, we don't you know it's hard for us to see what really happened no no we can't blame anything I think we are we were so careful until this point and like you said we've been fast we've always been fast no toes on the traffic very comfortable with the car Kai was not even to be honest using the sway bars much and everything was was going pretty easy until today. And maybe that's a lesson that we need to learn, you know. Um, but it's what it is. So right now we are facing the situation the best way we can. We're putting back together the, the race car that we use at Austin this year, so which is kind of complete, except for a few pieces of the, of the high-speed over-configuration. But uh, it's going to be a long night for sure, but looking forward to, to go back tomorrow make sure everything is fine and hopefully we can have the speed that we have until now. So the way the schedule is set up, Ricky, obviously we have a bit of a different thing instead of the traditional 11 a.m. start that we've we've had all week long, it's 8 a.m. practice session. So your crew doesn't have those couple extra hours that say 
Felix Rosenquist team did or McLaren, some of those who've crashed already having to recover Pato Award. So this is something where this car needs to be fired tonight or in the morning. It's on the setup pad, pedals set if they're, you know, just check everything. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. So the idea of it's going to be a thrash, but we should be able to go back, get some rest, and then get ready to roll out around 11 if this was a normal practice day. You could indeed have some folks that look like zombies. Yes, and I, I know this is going to be the situation. So we look into a, a non-stop night. We gotta, we're going to stop as soon as the car is done, 100% done. So that means fire up, running everything, setups, everything, everything. We got to actually do the, you know, take the second set of dampers that we have, go up to the shop, revalving those the way we have now. And it's a lot of little details also that is just... And that's what makes a race car fast, attention to details. And those details takes, we was prepping this car f- for one year. Yeah. So we got to do that in one night now. So it's challenge. It's going to be challenge. And tomorrow late, we're going to be like zombie, like you said. But it's what it is. And I, that's the thing when I have a, this spectacular group of people. I mean, I build this team and I can be as proud as I am with these guys. I mean... Everybody's smiling, everybody's in a good mood. They put some music on it, and I know that they're going to work. I don't have to push them. I mean, they, they, they go themselves. Um, that's, that's what it is and what it will take for us. And happened in 2017 with Spencer Pigot. We turn around the car, we put it back, and now we got to go straight to qualifying at that, t- at that time, I remember. So we did it before. It's not going to be, like I said, the, the last time for sure it happen again. But uh, when you have a team like that, the things can be done properly and, and on time. Knowing that your team learned very recently that the sponsors that you had expected to be helping to fund this month weren't going to come through, and we've seen this plain white paper bag car running around, just saying, this is a perfect opportunity for an energy drink to show up tonight, keep the Uncos Racing team moving, and sponsor the car. Let's stay on the crew and the team. Uh, you and, and Tom Brown helped us with a story here on Racial.com uh, that went up towards the end of the day. And I just thought it was a really cool thing that speaks to your perspective on how to build a team. So you have an IndyCar team, an IMSA team. You have your Road to Indy program, right? Your two levels there, I believe, Indy Pro 2000 and Indy Lights. It's not strange for teams that have multiple forms of the sport they compete in to pull a few people in for the month of May. But the way you structure things is the chief mechanic, Donnie, on your DPI, well, he was already building uprights for the IndyCar just because he knew it needed to be done. And the person, one of your crew guys from Indy Lights is over here doing this. You have built this team where no one thinks of themselves as, oh, I'm the name the racing series guy. I'm a Hunkos racing mechanic, engineer, truck driver. It's universal. That's really helping you right now. Yes, and I think that's my kind of family philosophy. When we talk about family, and everybody feels like family. So in a family, you know, the, the, the father does sometimes the garden, then they clean up the garage, and then they clean, you know, they fix the car or paint a wall. The mother does that, some things different. But, and this is the situation. So Donnie was very good doing uprights, and he's... he's Reminds that he's on the DPI side, but now we need it on the on the IndyCar building the uprights, and that's what he did. So now, now we have AJ from example at the shop painting the the bodywork that we have to put together now for tomorrow, and probably gonna finish 4 a.m. Who knows when? And he's working and he's part of the Indy Light team. So 
it's a big family and we are under the same roof and we i just need to be sure that we put nobody's good for everything but everybody's good for something so if you do what you are good to and no i don't make you do something that you're not good at but someone else is that's what we do so yeah we have four teams but on the end of the day are race cars and people are good have some skills for some things and that's what we try to maximize so that's what i said when you have all this group of people yeah it's good but also can fail because if you spray too much and you have four teams but the system is not proper and the chemistry is not there mm. can be a big mess can be even worse and now you have so many people but confusion and then mistakes and error um you know we were facing this imsa program as you said mid-ohio race then the indy 500 but we came in from winning promas and indy lights last weekend so not because we're doing that we are the other programs are suffering we still be able to perform and level at in the indy pro 2000 is not easy as well right it's a spec car same for everybody you have drivers that are learning so you have your development program in play you have driver coaches so and we still win in those classes not because we're doing imsa or indycar those programs are suffered so that's because the system is in place and i think the system is working let's finish up on this ricardo and i know earlier when we spoke you said i don't really want to get into the number of sponsors the amount of money yet obviously that that's your private information but share with us as much as you can about the reaction you've had to your team this week from a business standpoint. Obviously, folks are not going to call you and say they want to put their name on your car if they don't believe there's value and performance there. Tell us about this journey you've been on with folks contacting you and if and how today's crash sets that back. I don't know. I mean, it's been amazing, to be honest. And since you put this... No, don't uh, start that. St- no, it is true. I mean, we're working so hard. Two years ago, when we started in 17, we tried with different people, and at the end of the day, we say, okay, let's do it ourselves. So Jason, my CEO, and myself, are we doing all this marketing thing and try to find a sponsor. And obviously, we are failing because we don't have it for this weekend. And here we are with a white car. So until you post this four days ago, we have, like never before... As so many calls and emails that blew our mind. So in the last three days, so many things develop and are developing now. Some of them even cannot be done in short time for the 500, but maybe now is an opportunity that we can carry over. Wow. So it's been great, and it's been a momentum that we never get before. So it's a shocking moment for us because the crash, but also at the same time, we try to see the story behind the whole thing and how many people are approaching from fans, from potential sponsors for... People, you can see social media is blowing from Argentina, from all over the, the map. Um, so that means, like you said, maybe someone is believing in us and trusting the team. And that's what we need, really. We show up, we show p- to people that we come in with nothing and we are fast. That in a high level of motor racing in the world, you know, we, we're talking big things here. So for me, I'm so proud, regardless, obviously, the situation that we are in, facing now with the crash. But the whole team is, is feeling the same way. And it's just a group of people. So we are just a group of guys making this happen with no money. And being fast than other teams that they have way more money and all the resources and the staff, with all the respect, of course, I don't, don't take it wrong. But for us, it's like a victory even if we don't even start the race already. Wow. And if that can translate to potential sponsor, potential things that we can, can go on and try to make it happen... It's fantastic, but that's what I want to thank you for 
of what you're always supporting, but also for the people and all the fans and all the actually companies that are calling us in the last three days. It's been amazing. Well, I do have one request. Whenever you get this car ready to go, I did give you a Robin Miller sticker. I, I mean, I don't know. You might put it on the bottom of the car. Put it on the, actually put it on Kyle's seat so he's sitting on Miller and farting on him throughout the race. We got to at least get one photo with Miller on the car. This is his 50th anniversary covering the yes, Indy 500. Yes. So we, we got to put it on. And please, um, I don't even know where I put the decal. To be unfair, all right, we'll get you another so, one. But uh, you gotta be the the one remind me to put it on. I will. So it's gonna be, but the ticket is gonna be on for sure. We'll take care of our boy Miller, Ricky. You know, again, you're sitting here doing something that so many of us dream of doing. You have come here, created and genuinely live. You say this and are so proud to say that you are living the American dream. Adversity is part of that dream. Struggles, fighting, everything not being easy is part of that dream. And just again, I appreciate the fact that while you're busy, while your crew is doing their best to get done as quickly as they can, you did want to just take some time just to share to the folks who've been reaching out to you, wishing you luck, wanting to know how you're doing, to just sit down and speak with them and share. It's, it's like this, but you know what? I suffer so much in life already. So many things happen and will continue happening. So this is one more. And we just, if anything, we're going to just be even more stronger and we're going to just fight even harder and if anything we're going to become a better team after all this Anders Krohn it has been a delight to see your many years although you are a young man many years of top level race car driving driver coaching some engineering in there as well some management stuff too I think NBC Sports NBC Gold viewers listeners you name it have really enjoyed your seven hour plus contributions this week during practice for the indy 500 let's just start off with a little bit more on your background for those who don't know i know it but folks might be wondering who is this where's this <laughs> golden voice of insight coming from <laughs> well um started off kind of climbing the the european racing ladder uh from from the age of eight years old and fortunate uh, actually i think on my third ever race weekend race uh, race against a certain lewis hamilton and a paul de resta um i'm so, gonna google them in just a moment but keep going <laughs> yes <laughs> probably not a bad idea but uh, uh climbed the the karting ladder in in europe and uh moved up to formula ford in europe and then in 2008 actually had a chance to move to f2000 in in america so i was running out of options slash budget to continue in europe and uh Got a wonderful opportunity in, in F2000 over here. Um, so started on the American ladder, ended up winning the F2000 championship uh, in, in my first year out. So that kind of helped me move up the ladder to the, to the Pro Mazda level. Um, did that for two years, uh, finished second to Connor Daly. Darn that guy. Uh, was, Googling he, he was absolutely, Not absolutely sure dominant that year. Um, and then uh, 2011 kind of is when my career both peaked and got destroyed all in one go. Um, Indy Lights uh, with with Bellardi Auto Racing showed a lot of speed. We led, you know, here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We led at, at Baltimore, but at the same time had seven DNFs in fourteen races, and uh, it was it was kind of where, from a sponsorship perspective, that's the biggest pool of sponsors I'd ever put together. Uh, but when things weren't going so well, kind of completely lost lost momentum and uh, tried to kind of switch focus to a sports car uh, ride and, and luckily got a chance at the Rolex 24 with, with Mazda 
in 2012. Um, but unfortunately, the team I was going to be with uh, for, for the season um, kind of fell apart, as did my sponsors. And at that point, had a decision to make. Do I you know, scramble for the remainder of this year? to try and save anything or do I you know focus on the business that I co-founded with my business partner Johnny Baker the year before uh, which at the time was working with young drivers helping them up the ladder so at that time decided hey I'm going to focus on the business I'm going to see what we can make out of this and so basically from 2012 onwards it's been a constant evolution but since then basically what I've been able to do is driver coaching. I was the sporting director for Team Pelfrey's Road to Indy program. Uh, I've been a spotter. I've been an engineer. <laughs> uh, I've been a driver manager uh, and kind of my full-time role now these days is, is running CoForce, which we're a marketing and digital and video production agency. Uh, so we work with a lot of teams, sponsors, drivers in racing. Um, I feel like over the last uh, sort of five years, I've had such an incredible opportunity to learn the other facets of racing sure. that I didn't know when I was driving. And just feel so fortunate to be given so many opportunities to see those different kind of facets of racing. And, and I think that's, uh, that's certainly helped me a lot when it comes to talking about things in, in the booth. I first met you here in Speedway, Indiana, a bit unexpected. Wasn't aware of your pole dancing background, but I mean, <laughs> look, uh, you knew what to do with those dollars that came your way. Um, all kidding aside, let's talk about what we think we might see here coming Fast Friday going into the weekend. We are recording this early because among your many duties, not only with NBC on the good old television, you do have a business that you run as well that's involved with the sports. So very important, man. What have you seen, whether it is on the tire side, the aero tuning side, options that are new for 2019, maybe any team performances, driver performances, just trying to give some folks some thoughts of things going into tomorrow, Saturday, might help them judge what to root for, what might happen. Ooh, it's a difficult picture, and, and I think the biggest talking point for me is the fact that conditions uh, have changed so much throughout the week. We obviously had a big rainstorm Thursday night, uh, so essentially took all the rubber off the track, but I also think the humidity and temperature has just gone up every single day of the week, so it's making it very difficult for these guys to know what their, what their baseline setup is, because we had beautiful conditions on Tuesday morning, 60 degrees, cold, crisp air, loads Gorgeous. of downforce, good horsepower, and and gradually it's just got warmer and warmer. And I think what's so unique now about the new sealant that they put down on the track is it's completely black, uh, which obviously absorbs a lot of heat from the sun. Uh, so that makes it very, very uh, a big delta between the track temp and the ambient temp. So I think that's caught the teams out in a big way. So it's not as abrasive on the tires that it, as it was before. It's no longer a cheese grater. Uh, but it's it's very difficult because it makes the car floaty on top of the surface. So I think everyone kind of expected going into this month that, hey, we have the new tires from Firestone. We have a few more aero bits and pieces that we can tweak, so this should be easy. I think all of them have learned that, no, it's every bit as difficult as it was last year, if not more so. Are there any teams, Anders, so far that going into Fast Friday here you have not seen represent themselves as much as you had expected, whether it's qualifying sim, no-to stuff, race pack running, any teams, again, you're coming in going, I bet they're going to be a factor. Haven't seen that happen yet. Well, I think... 
part of that's been because some people have kind of been playing a little bit slow, and I think you have the, the likes of Scott Dixon and Chip Ganassi Racing who typically never really show their cards, but I think that's because early in the week they're always just so focused on traffic running and getting the car nice and compliant. Scott Dixon always won to obviously think long game, so I think in the case of him we haven't seen what they can truly do. Um, Aero Schmidt Peterson Motorsports, you know, still a little uncertain of, of where they're at because they've shown flashes of speed. Jack Harvey early in the week was top five in the no tow report, but then it's been a little up and down. So again, maybe they focused more on a race simulation, and we haven't quite seen you know their, their qualifying speed yet. But obviously, in, in the case of Ed Carpenter Racing, Team Penske, and um, and, and certainly Andretti, we feel like yeah they've already kind of displayed a little bit of what we can expect f- from a qualifying perspective, and and at the moment to me Ed Carpenter racing man they, they are looking just so so strong and the car looks slick it rotates extremely well so I think they're going to be feeling quite bullish going into qualifying let's close Anders as we're doing a bit of trying to tell the future a little bit have you had any concerns on the topic of those who may have been focusing more heavily on race running do you have any concerns for any teams any drivers where we're here at Fast Friday. You have one day to get ready for making this show, knowing three are going home. Are there any? Uh, look at that, folks. Are really, I mean, this just appreciation for you and your talent, folks. You're <laughs> applauding. Any drivers or teams where you have been thinking, huh, wonder if you struggle at all over the weekend, are you going to look back and ask yourself, did we focus too much on the following weekend instead of the entry point to getting into that weekend? I don't know if there's anyone that's necessarily got their strategy wrong. I just think that there's some that have been unfortunate. Obviously, I'm sure you've talked plenty about this, but just McLaren and their struggles from a mechanical perspective and the fact that, you know, when they had the crash, it took them over 24 hours to build a car back up. Uh, showing that obviously their crew on that team are, are not full-time and, and finding it more difficult to assemble a different car. So, so they're an obvious talking point. I think Dragon Speed Racing have obviously found it quite a daunting task uh, to, to get up to speed here. So I think they're they're concerned. I think they've focused in all the right areas and that they haven't worried too much about pack running, but I just think that they're struggling for overall speed. Uh, Pippa Man is another one of those that I think has only been focusing on qualifying sims, even though we haven't had the additional boost, but she realizes that her race is Smart. to get into the race. And I, I completely agree. I mean, it's probably going to impact her if she does qualify. It's going to impact her big time in the race because she won't have that data. But at the same time, you'd much rather be in the race and struggle in the race than not be in the race. And so I think the other ones that kind of are a bit uncertain right now are, you know, we saw Felix Rosenquist. He had an incident. He's building his confidence back up. We think he'll be okay because he's with Chip Ganassi Racing and he'll have a lot of data from from Scott Dixon. But as a first-time qualifier around here, it's not an easy place. And, uh, you know, Oriel Servia, you know, has shown a little bit of speed, but again, a little bit of hit and miss. So not sure exactly what his, what the true representation of, of his speed is to this point. So... Uh, I would say at this point in time, there's still not a clear picture of, you know, who are the 33 that are that are staying, who are the three that are going home. Prophecies being spouted by my favorite Norwegian. Anders Krohn, thank you for taking some time, my friend, and we'll look forward to getting more insights from you today on NBC Gold. Thanks very much.